Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. All right. Well, if you want to know more about next, be here next week. All right. Uh, we're going to get into that, a brand new series, and uh, just encourage you to be in prayer for our church right now. Uh, God is doing some exciting things, and uh, we're just trusting and believing as we walk in faith that he's going to continue to uh, lead us to what he has for our future. Uh, Jesus always said, the harvest would never be the problem. People who need me will never be in lack. It's going to be those who are willing to do the work to see what's next. And that's what it's going to mean for us collectively and individually as we come together to really embrace and to step into what God has next. And we would love for you to be a part of that journey. I'm asking you uh, to make it a priority over the next few weeks uh, to be here, uh, if at all possible, to make it to every week. Don't catch up online. It's just going to be important that you're here as we go over some things and talk through some things and talk about what God has next for our church. So again, we're glad Glad you're here today. I want to welcome all of you. Welcome those of you who are joining us online. We're going to be wrapping up our series today, How We Roll. Uh, it's been a six-week series where we've been looking at our values, our beliefs, and how those things have to change the way we behave in order to impact the culture, okay? So we've been talking about, hey, this is how we roll at Adventure Church. We'd love for you to roll with us. And in order for you to roll with us, we have to make sure that the beliefs we have aren't just concepts in our heads, but they're convictions in our hearts. And when we have that, they will lead us to behave differently, to follow Christ in a new way, and then we will have the culture that God has created for us. But today's message, uh, I really want to talk about uh, the importance of relationship over religion and why that's so important to the way we behave. Because if we behave, if we do what we feel God has called us to do, if we follow these things out of an obligation or because of rule following, it will never work. You see, religion is all about following the rules. And rules eventually lead us to rebellion if there's no relationship. And so relationship is the goal. Since the beginning of the time, since we started this church five years ago, that was always the goal. We knew that the world didn't need another religious institution. We knew that the, that the world didn't need a, another religious organization that would try to, you know, uh, convert people to follow a certain set of rules and rituals and in order to, you know, move and, and, and the mission of God forward. That is never what we've been about. We've always been about establishing a place, an experience where people could come in and have a relationship with their Heavenly Father, where you could come in and know the one who created you to help people discover new life in Christ that comes through relationship with him. And I'm here to tell you today that God never intended for Christianity to be a religion that you endure, but a relationship that you enjoy. You see, we all have a kind of a love-hate relationship with religion or rules, right? On one hand, they provide structure, they provide predictability, and I love that. Most of us love that. But on the other hand, they restrict our freedom uh, to do really what we want to do when we want to do it. And the problem with religious rules is that they usually run contrary to our human nature, which makes them even harder to follow, and then we assume if we don't follow the rules, God rejects us and won't want us, and, and we won't have his favor and his blessing in our, in our life, but is that really true? I think 
to answer, we have to look at how God relates with us, the picture of that. And I don't know about you, but growing up in, in my house, my parents had some rules to follow. Anybody else? Right? There's some rules. This is the rules of the house. This is the rules. This is how we behave in our family, in our house. And, you know, occasionally as you get older, your, your dad or your mom starts saying, if you don't like my rules, you can find another house to live in, knowing very well that you could not find another house to live in, right? These are my way, right? And sometimes we can think of God that way. Hey, these are his rules. If you can't follow my rules, go somewhere else. Go follow someone else. But your parents, you know, on the day that you were born, your mom didn't cradle you in her arms and begin to recite all the rules of her house to you. <laughs> Someday you're going to follow all of my rules. It's going to be so fun, right? No. We immediately embrace in relationship. And in the family model, the relationship comes before the rules. This is how God operates with us. God rescued his people from slavery, right? Moses leads God's people out of slavery. Then he gives them the law, the rules to follow. Just to be sure we don't miss this, right? In the opening line of the Ten Commandments, before any talk of the rules, he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. From the very beginning, God adopted the family model, which was relationship first, rules second. And if this was true for the nation of Israel, it's true for you and I today. In fact, in John 1.12, he said this, to those who believe in his name, the name of Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Did you catch those last three words? That he gave you the right to become a child of God, that God is meant to be looked at and perceived as our heavenly Father. So what is your view of God? Is he distant and just someone that expects you to follow all the rules of his house in order to get into his good graces, that you got to follow all of his rules so that he'll love you and bless you, or is he a heavenly Father who loves you without condition? who will receive you and accept you no matter what. But too many of us view Christianity as a list of rules and regulations, a ritualistic experience that will restrict us, and I don't think that could be further from the truth. In fact, in Matthew 28 through 30, Jesus is talking to religious people, those who were trying to live up to the law, and as we know, were failing at it miserably. And Jesus says to them, he's coming, right? It's a new paradigm shift. It's a new way of doing things. He's rocking the religious boat. And he's saying this. He says, so here's how I'm going to do it. So first of all, come to me. Look at your neighbor and say, come to me. Not right now, later, but not right now. Come to me. Jesus didn't say come to a religion. Come to a set of rules he said, come to me. And then he says, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Who were the weary and heavy burdened people? Again, the Old Testament Ten Commandments given by God to Moses, and then the religious people made even more religious laws that these people were trying to obey. And he said, the yoke, which is a wooden harness that was used to guide oxen 
or to draft animals while plowing fields. And so that was what you would carry. And it was said that every rabbi, every religious teacher in that day had a certain yoke, a certain interpretation of the law, a certain set of rules that you were to adhere to to follow him. And so Jesus is saying, if you are going to follow me, you can follow me. First, come to me. And he says, let me give you my yoke. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For the yoke, my way of doing this religious thing, is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. You see, the yoke of the religious rulers was heavy. It was full of rules, full of restrictions, regulations, rituals upon rituals, and it was impossible to carry around. It was impossible to fulfill. Jesus said his yoke was about love, grace, and relationship. Come to me. Not a set of rules, not a religion, not a list of do's and don'ts. You see, following Jesus was always meant to be a relationship that you enjoy and not a religion that you have to endure. That's what it's about. That's what we've been about from the very beginning. And today I have to ask you, are you enduring religion? Are you just going through the motions in hopes that God will forgive you, that God will take care of you, that God will answer your prayers? I have to do, 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 do in order for God to do that. I mean, ask yourself, why are you here this morning? Why are you in this place? Why are you following Jesus, is it out of obligation? Is it out of guilt? Is it out of trying to do good just so you can hopefully make it to heaven someday? Why do you do what you do? And if you feel like you're enduring, that it's a struggle, then I would ask you, are you enduring a religion? Are you in a relationship with Jesus? Because Jesus doesn't want you to endure him. He wants you to enjoy him. Have you ever been in a relationship that you wanted to go deeper and the other person just wouldn't let it go there? Like maybe you were friends with someone and that, you, you know, they, you liked each other, but you liked them, right? But they kept you in the friend zone. And they're like, look, I like you, but I don't like you, right? So you just stay in the friend zone. We'll be friends. I like you, but I just like you as a friend. Anybody ever been there before, right? You wanted it to go deeper, but it wouldn't. Maybe it wasn't, you know, a junior high relationship or one in high school. Maybe it was a, a relationship with your parents, right? That you, you really, you, you wanted their approval, that you wanted to connect with your parents. And for whatever reason, it just felt like you couldn't live up to the expectation. It always felt like you were letting them down. And you just never had that type of relationship that you would want with a father or with a a mother. Maybe it's in your marriage that you entered into this marriage and, and that you had this relationship at first, first, but then all of a sudden there was this distance and that you wanted it to go further. You wanted to get back to the way it was, but for whatever reason, there was just this distance and no matter what you did, you couldn't get that person to do what it took to take it to the next level. And if you've been there, I want to tell you today that God's been there and he might be there with you right now. Because God's ultimate desire since the fall of man was to restore relationship with his creation, with his kids. And I know some of you, that maybe you've grown up in church, and you go, well, what about the law? 
Because maybe you're like me, you just go, give me the rules. Give me the formula, right? And Jesus said he didn't come to get rid of the law, but to fulfill the law, to to accomplish the law, what the law could never accomplish. Jesus came to fulfill it. And his sacrifice, again, the law asked all these people, present your sacrifices, do all of these things in order to be in right standing with God. And Jesus said, I didn't come to get rid of any of that. I came to fulfill it because you couldn't do it, so I did it for you. And Jesus took care of the law once and for all. He took care of the law. It's handled, it's done. You no longer have to live underneath the yoke and the slavery and the bondage of the law. See, God didn't create people for the law. He created the law for the people. Look at it this way. Again, I talked about parents relating to their kids. And, you know, Jess and I, when we decided to start a family, didn't go, you know what? Let's have some kids so that we can have somebody to pick up the toys. Let's get some kids so somebody can do some chores around here, right? No, that was not of our intent. We said, let's have children so that we can relate, that we can love, that we can raise, that we can have a relationship with. Now, rules are important, but relationship is first, rules come second. Are you guys following me this morning? You see, we weren't created to follow a religion. God didn't need you so that you could follow all of his rules. That's not the purpose of creating you. From the very beginning, God created us not to follow a religion, but to have a relationship with the Father, to know him. And the Bible presents God as one who desires with all of his heart to have a deep relationship with all of his kids. You are a child of God. But his children, for whatever reason, have kind of stiff-armed him and sometimes can keep him at a distance. The Bible's clear from cover to cover. If you look at the prodigal son and the lost sheep and the desire that God has to connect relationally with his children, that we can see this story that he doesn't want your relationship to be casual and to be distant and not just respectful because many of us respect God. Of course we respect God. He's God, after all, so I I respect him, and I'll serve him, and I'll I'll show up for church 1.5 times a month, as the average Christian does, right, and I'll check that off the list, and, you know, occasionally we'll pray and check that off the list, and and I'll check these boxes, and hey, here and there I'll give if I need to, and I'll check, 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 and okay, God, are we good? I I I did the list, right? That was not why he created you, so that you could follow his to-do list. He created you for relationship, and that theme is clear from cover to cover of the Scripture. In the book of Revelation, the Apostle John, one of the disciples, had this encounter with God. He gets this vision from God, and I know Revelation's kind of scary. We're not going to dive into some of that today, but John's writing these letters to these churches. God's given him kind of this prophetic word for each church. And so he's writing these letters, speaking on God's behalf to the church. He's writing to Christians who were respectful of God, but were lacking the relationship with him. Respectful, did the deeds, were doing good things, but lacked the relationship. And this is what he says in Revelation 3.15. He says, I know your deeds. I know them. I know what you're doing. 
But then he says this, but you, you, the person, the one that I have relationship with, you're neither hot nor cold, and I wish you would just be one or the other. Have you ever, again, you're, that's the friend zone. I don't want to be your friend, and let's just, we got to decide, are we going to go all in, or are we going to go all out, because I can't just be your friend. I'd rather you be one or the other. He says, so because you're lukewarm somewhere in the middle, neither hot nor cold, it says, I want to spit you out of my mouth. He says, but you say I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. Things are going good for me. I've been checking the to-do list, and God has been blessing me. I've checked off the list, and thankfully my kids are healthy. And hey, my marriage, it's not perfect, but hey, we're making it, God. So, so I'm doing what I need to do, and me and you seem like we're good. He said, but you don't even realize that you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked because you're following a religion and you have no relationship. You believe, but are you really acting on those beliefs? You won't go all in with me and so we're somewhere in the middle and God is saying, I'd rather you just choose one way or the other. And you think just because things are maybe going good in your life that things are good with you and God, but maybe things aren't going as well as you think. And he goes on in verse 20, and he says, so here I am. So look what Jesus said. Jesus said, come to, you, don't, you forgot already, come to me. God says, here I am. Not here's a book. Here's a formula, here's the religion, here's the rules, here's what I need you to follow. He says, here I am, me, God, your heavenly Father. I am here waiting for you to quit keeping me at a distance and following some religion and open the door to a real relationship. You see, your heavenly Father is here. He's asking. He goes on. He says, I'm knocking, waiting for you to invite me in. You see, God is saying, with all of my power, with all of the ability I have, I can make you fear me. I can make you obey me. I can take things from you. I can give things to you. But the one thing I can't do is I can't make you love me. I can't make you have a relationship with me. You see, from the very beginning, God has said that we have this thing called free will, that we have this ability to choose, because you can't have any relationship without choice. You don't want to marry someone who's obligated to marry you. You want to marry someone who chooses to marry you, who chooses to enter into those kind of vows and that kind of commitment. You see, many of us, I see it all the time, have opted for second best. To me, that's why the average person only comes to church in our, what they're calling a post-Christian culture is 1.5 times a month. That's average. Because who wants to come to a church just because I got to check a box? Who wants to come and sit because I'm obligated to do so so that God for hopefully will continue to bless me? Who wants to pray and connect with God because they got to meet some quota for the week because they think that's what's going to make God approve of them? 
You see, we've opted for second best. You see, instead of a relationship, we've opted for religion. And religion is a response to God that allows us to treat God respectfully, but not intimately. You see, religion says I follow the rules. I read my Bible, I go to church, I give, I do good. It's a formula, and I'm like that. I can do formulas. Give me the formula. Give me the steps. I'll follow the steps. I'll get it down. But rules without relationship will always lead to rebellion. Try raising your kids just on rules without the relational component. They will rebel faster than you can blink. And we do the same thing. You see, if we're always just trying to follow rules to get in God's good graces, just let me be clear. You can't follow all of the rules. You will continually fail, right? And when you fail at a rule that you think is earning you God's approval, you will quit very quickly. Because I failed again, God. You're not me and you aren't good. I keep trying to live up to your rules and I can't. So now I've failed, so I'm out. Why even try? Because I can't do it. So relationship, though, isn't about following the rules. It's about following Jesus. It's about an intimate relationship with a person, with Jesus. Think about what he did to the disciples. Did he go to the disciples and say, hey, come follow my rules? He said, no, come follow me. And then he began to teach them. And what did they do? They didn't do what he said. They failed. And he said, well, that's why I really came. Because you can't make it. You can't follow all the rules. So I'm going to fulfill all the rules for you. I'm going to take care of that part. So that you can have a relationship with me. But you see, with intimacy, just like it would with another human being, a person, it requires some things from us. And why many of us don't enter into that kind of relationship is because intimacy, first of all, is going to require time. What do you think about when you wake up? What do you do first thing when you wake up? Do you grab your phone and look at your calendar and check your email and get on Facebook and turn messages? And, and what do you do? Do you just hit the treadmill of life and start running? And look, I know, we all have busy lives and there's much that's demanding our time and our attention, but I'm telling you the most important and time-saving part of each day is that that is spent in solitude with God, relationally connecting with God through scripture reading, through prayer. And you don't do it because you have to. You do it because that's how you can connect to your heavenly Father. But many times we're so rushed that we don't even think there's time for God, and that's why we spent a whole time, a whole series talking about breathing room, creating margin in our lives, and we can get going so fast, and, and we can put God up on a shelf, and we respect him, and we're glad he's there, and we hope he keeps happy with us, but we never connect with him relationally, and so we become frustrated, confused, dissatisfied. We feel like we can never measure up, and we're just about to burn out and about to throw in the towel on this thing called Christianity because you can't have intimacy and the relationship and the empowerment and the fruit that the Spirit provides without spending time with the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit is what we all long for. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, love, self-control. He says against those things, there's no law. There's nothing. Those are what we want. It's not the fruit of me. I can't produce that kind of fruit in my human nature. Only Jesus can produce that kind of fruit in you. And you can't have his fruit unless you are connecting with him. Don't deny yourself the blessing of an intimate relationship with Jesus. Don't keep going through life alone. Connect with him. He'll fill you with peace. He'll give you joy. He'll guide your decisions. He'll give you wisdom. He'll empower you to obey. He'll make you more productive. He'll comfort you with his love. That's what he offers. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. But you have to come to him. Intimacy requires time. Intimacy requires transparency. Intimacy requires you to be honest with God. Listen, God has never, you've never confessed or said something to God and he was like, oh, really? I didn't know. That surprised me. God's never been surprised. God's never thought, oh, oh don't say that. <laughs> don't go there. Woo, uh, earmuffs, right? I can't take it, right? He doesn't do that with us. He already knows. What's the importance of confession? Confession has a way of cleansing our souls, of laying it down, of saying, I, I messed up again, God. I, I, I fell short of the rules, but thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for relationship. Thankful that you love me anyway. Your love is without condition. God, thank you for being real with me so that I can be real with you. Confession's not for him, it's for you. Transparency is very important to intimacy. If you don't come clean with God, again, he already knows. It's just going to create distance between you and him. You're going to keep trying to hide for whatever reason from a God who loves you without condition. Intimacy requires submission. Mutual submission is the most powerful relational dynamic in the world. It creates incredible intimacy. It's where you say, I'm going to put your interest above my own. That I am going to commit my best, not for my interest, but for your interest. It's mutual submission. When two people enter a relationship like that, there's great intimacy. And the amazing thing about God is that God made the first move in your relationship. Mutual submission makes all the difference, and God said, I will submit to you for the sake of relationship. That God said, I'm going to go first. I'm going to be more concerned about your sin than my glory, about your eternity over my pain. I am going to submit to you so you can submit to me. So you don't have to be afraid to submit to God. You don't have to think if I submit to his authority that he's going to take things from me, that he's going to mistreat me, that God, if I really submit to him, is going to restrict my life. He's going to limit me. No, he is going to liberate you. He is going to set you free from the curse of you. He's going to help you be who he created you to be. So you can submit to him with no fear. He says, I'm knocking on the door of your life, desiring to go deeper, to take this thing to the next level. Will you let me in? You see, when my kids approach me with a need, I love it. I love being someone who can meet their need. 
Unless it's at 3 in the morning and it's because they're having a bad dream about tornadoes, which was last night or the night before. I can't remember. (laughs) But even at 3 in the morning with my son in my face waking me up, I don't go, what are you doing in here? Get out of my room. Go back to your room, you sissy. No, like, right? I don't say that to my son. Right? But for whatever reason, we get this idea in our mind, and it has to be from the lie of the enemy where we believe if I come to God, if I submit to God, if I really come clean with God, if I really enter into this relationship with God, he's going to reject me. You see, I want to do anything for my kids. When my daughter says, Dad, will you lay with me for a little bit? I go, yeah, I will. Because I love to be close to my kids. I love the fact that I'm their father. And that I can do something to meet their needs. That I can have a relationship with me. You see, God wants that kind of relationship with you. God wants you to love him. But he can't force it. But he did everything he could to provide a way so you could have it. Revelation 3.20, he goes on, he says, so here I am. It's me, God, your father. Not a religion, not a rule, set of rules. He says, here I am, and I'm knocking. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and beat them and take from them and submit them and make them bow a knee in reverence. Uh, he didn't say that. But why do we fear that? That if I surrender, he's going to take something from me. He'll take my money. He'll take my business. He'll take my career. He'll take my happiness. No, he says, I, I stand at the door and I knock, and, and whoever opens the door, I will come in and eat with them. Isn't it amazing that he used that kind of language? That I'll sit down and have a meal with you? that we'll hang out, that we'll fellowship together, that I will relate with them and they will relate with me. You see, I could go home today, take everything my kids have, everything out of their room, every toy they have, throw it in the backyard and burn it. And they couldn't do a single thing about it. Right? I don't need to ask their permission. I can take whatever I want because I'm their father. Because they are subject to the rules of my house. I could do that, right? I never would do that because I have relationship with my kids. And I'm just telling you, if God wanted to take your stuff, he'd take your stuff. He's God. He can make you do things. He can make you obey. He can put the fear of God in your heart, in your mind. He doesn't want to force his way in. He'd never want, he'd never force, he's waiting for you to invite him in. You see, we don't obey God so that he'll have a relationship with us. We obey God because we have a relationship with him. And with that in mind, think about how John John sums up the Christian life. He says, we love because he first loved us. We do behave, but it's out of an overflow of our gratitude for how God behaved towards us first. We don't obey to gain anything. We obey because all of that we have already gained. We pay it forward. 
100% of the to-dos in our Christian faith are responses to what God has already done for you. You see, God did what you could not do. Jesus took your shame and regret and carried away, and he invites you into relationship, and friendship with Jesus is the key to living like Jesus. You see, if you have friendship with Jesus, you'll behave like him. You are who you hang with. You hang with the Spirit, you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit. You walk in his ways, you will live in the light because he is light. There is no darkness in him. The band's coming, we're going to close. You see, when Jess and I got married, I didn't enter into a relationship with my wife and still act like a single bachelor, right? I couldn't act the way I used to act because now I was in a relationship, a covenant relationship where I made an agreement to now do certain things and to, to change the way I view the world. I didn't view the world through the lens of a single person looking for someone to complete my life. I had found that person, so I wasn't committed to finding the one. Now I've committed myself to becoming the one for her. And if I continued to act the way I used to before our relationship, I wouldn't have a relationship. Are you following me? If I continued to behave like a single bachelor within the context of a covenant relationship, that relationship wouldn't last. And so if I want to have a relationship with my wife, I have to walk with my wife. I have to connect with my wife. I have to communicate with my wife. If I want intimacy, it's going to require time. It's going to require transparency. It's going to require that I mutually submit to her as she submits to me. But I don't change my behavior because I'm following the rules of married people now. Well, this is what married people do. So even though I like to do that, I'll just do this because I'm married now. So I got some rules to follow. I got to behave a certain way. No, I, I behave I change because I love my wife. Because my wife submitted herself and committed herself to me. And it's my privilege to honor and respect that commitment that she made to me and that I made to her. You see, Jesus didn't die so we could follow the rules, friends. He died because we couldn't follow the rules. He didn't die for rule followers. He died for rule breakers. Jesus didn't die for a religion. He died for a relationship. Jesus didn't even die for sin. He died for sinners. He died for you. So that he could have a relationship with you. Let's read this one more time. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Then Jesus said, come to me. I'm here. Here I am. I'm God. And I'm here. And I'm inviting you. I'm standing at the door of your life and knocking, waiting for you to take this thing to the next level. Religion is empty, friends. It will burn you out because you'll never live up to the expectation. Relationship is fulfilling. It's rewarding. It's what makes all the difference. Come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you've been carrying the burden of religion, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, my way upon you. Let me teach you. I'm humble, I'm gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Would you stand with me?
And today I want to invite you in this moment just to open your heart to God. Just to say, Jesus, I, I hear you knocking. Today, that's all this message was meant to do, was just to show you. Listen, you ain't got to clean up first. You ain't got to figure it all out. You don't have, he receives you just as you are. He's knocking. He said, anyone. I knock on anyone's heart. And if anyone opens the door, come to me. His disciples, he said, come follow me. Come follow me. He didn't say, all right, guys, if you're going to follow me, go get all this stuff done. Check all these things off. Then you can come follow me. He said, no, come follow me. Enter into relationship with me. And I'll teach you what it means to be my follower. I'll teach you what it means to find fulfillment. I'll give you the peace that you're after, the longing of your heart to be connected with your heavenly Father. I am going to make a way for you. Come to me. Today, would you come to him? Would you open the door of your heart to him? Would you allow him to speak to you? Would you allow the gentle whisper of the Father to speak to you? If you're in trouble, if you're struggling, if you're afraid, Go in his room. Three in the morning, it doesn't matter. He'll receive you. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for the invitation today. We are not worthy of it. We don't deserve it. But God, you gave it anyway. Thank you for submitting yourself to me so that I could submit myself to you. Today, God, we see you for who you really are. And I pray that the love of the Father would fill hearts in this moment. That, Jesus, you would show us who you really are and how you want to relate with us. That we would enter into a relationship with you. In Jesus' name.